2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
3: Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe, baby. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. While we weave in our Facebook community. Bear with us one additional moment. What was that? Two moments were good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. This podcast powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. And my fellow football priest, Zach Kalberman. Zach, the Broncos now have officially made, uh, I guess we won't count the uh, Futures... Or the well, no. There's three transactions that have occurred under George Payton. Cut. They cut five futures guys a, a week ago. Um, the AJ Bouye release, and then today they signed an outside defensive tackle. Drop some knowledge because I know you're the one that wrote that article.
4: Yes, it's. Um Isaiah Mack, and he might not be familiar for the, you know, the casual NFL fan, but this is a guy. He played his college football at Tennessee Chattanooga Chat. He was actually the defensive player of the year in the Southern conference in 2018. He's a prototypical, you know, two down run defender, rotational guy. I don't think he's going to ever be an all pro, but as like I wrote in my last sentence in the article for February 11th, this is not a bad signing. It's not a bad flyer for George Payton. When you consider The defensive line is still in flux. A.J. Boullier was the first domino to fall. The next one could very well be Jarrell Casey. They also have Shelby Harris going into free agency next month. Mike Purcell's coming off an injury. This guy could be a perfect backup for him in the rotation. What I like about him, aside from what he's, he's done in the NFL so far, he's shown glimpses with the Titans, with the Patriots, but he made the Titans 53-man roster both times at a training camp as an undrafted free agent. So there's some Philip Lindsay to him. He has the heart. He has a determination. He's showing something on film that coaches like, and you pair him now with Vic Fangio
3: and Bill Collar, there could be something here. Yeah, I'm taking a look here. Six one, th- just shy of 300. So he's not a he's not like a. I guess in in Fangio scheme, he'd probably be used more inside as an actual yeah. one two or three tech, uh, one or three zero through three tech. But he looks like he's got the length. You know, he's a little bit stubby. I'd like to see. I don't know what his arm measurements are, but last year, let's take a quick look at the stats for Tennessee uh, and New England. He appeared in. Looks like. Eight games and one and a half sacks. Zach, eleven combined tackles, five solo, a few QB hits on there, tackle for a loss. So some for for the low amount of exposure he had, some pretty disruptive results in terms of, you know, screwing up the offense for which is what you want for your defensive
4: tackle. Yeah, I mean, as a rookie, he appeared in thirteen games. He made one start. He had eight tackles, two quarterback hits, and one point five sacks across only a hundred and seventy defensive snaps. Again, I'm not saying he's the the solution or the future here, but as far as February signings go, to pick this guy up off the scrap heap and to pair him again with the talent they have in the building, he could be the next Sean Williams. He could be the next Shelby Harris. Who was Shelby Harris before Shelby Harris blossomed into what he is today with the Broncos? He was a Raiders cast-off. This guy could be a Patriots cast-off. The Broncos go on to milk some producti- t- productivity out of, I like this pickup. I'm not lauding it too much, but you could do a lot worse at
3: this stage of the offseason. Amen. It'll be interesting to see how this particular move shakes out for your Denver Broncos. We're not done. We got a lot to get to tonight, including it's the Mile High Mailbag. So we're going to make this episode as chat and question and community oriented as possible because we are your football priests and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And it's we look forward to it each and every week. I mean, if we're being frank, Zach, Every single podcast we do now has kind of turned into a, a Mile High mailbag, but Thursday remains our favorite pod of the week because we really do try to get to as many and, and you know not only many questions, but like we try to get to Facebook, we try to get to Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, the superstars. So we look, we look forward to that. But first, gang, we do have to say hello and thank you. And, you know, welcome to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. You guys, 2020, put it in the in the rear view. It's officially over. Right now, it's time to embrace the new year, new me mindset, and there is no better way to do that, trust, all right? Than with Manscaped. Manscaped is the leader in men's below the the, the waist of grooming and gang they have helped over 2 million men just like you, just like me, just like Zach, keep their their male grooming on point. So, if 2020, you kind of let things get out of control a little bit with uh, some of the, the male grooming habits, perhaps. Now's the chance, Zach, for everybody to get back on point with manscape.
4: Yeah, kind of like how, you know, the, the big game is over now and every team in the NFL is zero and zero. It's a fresh start for the Broncos. It could be a fresh start for you after what was a disappointing 2020 for everyone involved in every landscape of life. Chad talks about, and we talk about, you know, below the the belt grooming. But also, I talked about this yesterday, and I want to bring it up again. You can use the lawnmower 3.0, like I'm holding right here, with the light, with the ergonomic grip. You can use it on your face, on your back, on your arms. I clean up under my chin. I clean up on my neck when I go to the gym. You can really clean up your entire body. It doesn't have to be just. What's taboo? Just what you can't really talk about. Everyone goes out and you have to interact. Whether you're wearing a mask or not, a face shield or not, people are going to see you. So don't you want to look your best and feel your best? And now you can do that
3: with Manscaped. And guys, look, it it talks about here, as you can see on the screen, the performance package. There are so many different options and different tools and and, uh, lotions and sprays and wipes and different things to basically take your male grooming to a whole other level. But as Zach mentioned, the lawnmower 3.0, that's the star of the show. All right. Not only does it have the skin safe technology, holds a charge forever and ever, you can take it in the shower and it has that light to illuminate the, at times, let's face it, hard to see. I mean, not all of us are uh, gymnastics uh, experts, right? We're not limber to be able to get down and see everything, but the light helps you uh, nip that particular issue in the bud. So, guys, embrace the new year, new me mindset with manscaped get 20% off plus free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. Your family jewels will thank you.
4: Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code huddle
3: Happy New Year to you and your vital parts. <laughs> I like that. Changing like up that. a little bit. Oh, my bad. Well fat cats, we're gonna grab fat cats. That was my fault, John. Um Yes, indeed. I mean, I'll be honest, dude. It's, this is one of those sponsors where it really has uh, been a benefit to my personal life. All right, this right. I've, I've I've utilized this, jumped in with both feet, and realized along the way, Zach, dude, I was sleeping on how important and how many different <clears throat> tools there are out there to help you sharpen your tool. I guess. All right, <laughs> I was neglecting myself for sure. And that was not anymore. Quick matters of business, and we're getting right to you. All right. How many of you ask yourself this? Okay, this is a a question, an existential question for the ages. How many of you have followed and liked the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page? If you're not sure or you're shaking your head, I haven't done that. Guys, open up the app now while you're listening. I mean, anyone who's watching this on their phones, they have the, it'll keep playing while you open up another app. Do it now. Go follow the page. We really need you over there. We need to funnel as many and all, if, if, possible, our great listening and viewing audience to that page. Cause we have some big plans for it. <clears throat> excuse me this year. So facebook.com slash huddle pod is the actual URL, but nobody uses a browser to surf on Facebook. Everyone uses an app. So just open up the app search huddle up podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow also connect with us on Twitter at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. My partner Zach Calberman can be found at Kelberman NFL myself at Chad and Jensen. And our producer, John K. at John K. M-H-H. Also, guys, gentle reminder to head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hack get a tee, get a hoodie, get a face mask. A little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here. And then, guys, one last call to action here, okay? Episode 6 of Kelberman's Corner is dropping in just a couple of days now, and you need to be in on that. Zach, we've been stunned. We've been floored. We've been... Just gratified by how many of our great listeners on YouTube and Twitter and Apple and everybody else have flown over there and subscribed and become official supporters on Facebook so that they can get access to Kelberman's Corner and all the other great premium content we're dropping this year. But if you haven't done that, consider it. Even if you listen to the show or view the show mostly on another platform, maybe you're listening to Huddle Up on Apple or iHeart or YouTube or Twitter, whatever, that's what you're used to doing. Facebook, just head on over there because it's just on Sundays for now that we're doing Kelberman's Corner. But in the next couple of weeks, we're rolling out the new shows. And for now, it's going to be only on Facebook. Now, we also have big plans for rolling out our membership community and a membership offering on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we really need you to support the Facebook side of what we're doing on our premium content. So just click the big blue button. or Right now, if you're on Facebook, scroll to the bottom where you would type in your chat, your comment in the chat. You'll see that green icon. Click that. It's, I, I think it's five bucks a month. You're in like four. And if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. I believe it when we say this. We are just grateful to have you here with us, whether you're live or listening after the fact. But we do ask that you subscribe on YouTube, especially. And Apple, it's crucial. Or if it's Spotify or if it's iHeart, subscribe to the show. Like this video. Right now, Zach, we're approaching four or 500 live in the chat on our different platforms we're streaming to. If each one of you liked this video, it would have an exponential effect on just how how big the reach would be, all right? it It'll hack the, uh, the robots, if you will, all right, at these social media giants. And then lastly is if we're doing a good job for you, the litmus test is number three. Share this video out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like
2: you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: right let's grab this one real quick zach from fat cats appreciate you my friend and he uh he said earlier that he he's dipping in got a question and a super but he had to leave he's going to come back and and hear the answer on this so fat cats appreciate you he says zach has been saying this for weeks now it's the players how many more have to say Shermer is no good for this team before george payton makes a move zach what are your thoughts He's not going to make a move because, again, it was understood that Fangio
4: is being retained under George Payton for this season, and with Fangio comes his coaching staff. It was always going to be the year of status quo, the year of preservation, at least until next year when, when George Payton has the autonomy to fire Fangio, fire Shermer, and bring in his own people. It was never going to be the case where Shermer was going to get the axe. That became apparent a week after the season ended. Some of us held out hope it was going to be Scangarello Part 2, where Fangio said no changes and he made changes, but it's going to be Shermer. Um and I don't even think Peyton would step in and undermine Fangio. He gets to pick the coaching staff. I don't know if that power. Structure has shifted from Elway to Peyton in terms of Fangio picking his staff. But if he has autonomy there, if he's stuck with Fangio for at least one season, Peyton's not going to emasculate him or, as you say, Chad, cut his knees out from under him. It was always going to be a package deal. For George Peyton, when he came in, you get Vic Fangio, you get Ed Donatel, you get Pat Shermer, you get McMahon, and all these coaches. If it doesn't work out, you have free reign. It's
3: your baby next year to get rid of everyone. But you have to kind of suffer through it this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think everyone hates Pat Shermer that plays on the offense for what it's worth. But I mean, let's just real quick, Zach. Let's recount what's going on, Salamander. Appreciate you joining us on Twitch, my friend. Who would like Um, him though? Like who who benefited from Pat Shermer last year? I I think you could argue, just for the sake of being devil's advocate, I think you could argue that Melvin Gordon benefited from his scheme. Um, You can, even though Mike. Munchak gets the ultimate credit for Garrett Bowles, but Garrett Bowles flowered and, and you know turned the corner officially under Shermer's watch. But here's let's, let's just recount real quick, and then I'm going to grab Mark Langley here. But how many players have kind of griped a little bit in an indirect or passive aggressive way about Pat Shermer? Jerry Judy did on Twitter, right? Um, retweeting Odell Beckham, who was throwing some serious shade at Pat Shermer. I'm trying to think. Obviously, now we got Philip Lindsay. We talked about this on last night's show. Drew, he's never really said anything that you could, even in the most like conspiratorial sense, you couldn't really pick out anything. But still, that's two players, Zach. Noah Fant, indirectly at times, complaining about some of his lack of involvement last year. So those are your stars, all right? hate to break it to you, Pat. Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. I mean, Cortland Sutton probably would have been someone complaining if he had a reason to. He was not going (laughs) to let anything, right? He's not going to hold it back two targets a games. Wins. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing
4: is there's such a young offense. You mentioned aside from Melvin Gordon, there's such a young team. Those young players who are still finding their own are not going to come out and bash their coach. I mean, they have more professionalism than that, but there's been like you said, gripes and rumblings. And a lot of that has to do with losing winning cures all. So if Pat Shermer called a terrible game, but they won last year, you wouldn't have these comments. But, you know, it all adds up. And even players that have co-signed their other players, Dalton Reisner standing up for Drew Locke, that's an indirect support of Locke and kind of an indirect indictment of those that are criticizing him or holding him back. And how many times this past season did Pat Shermer get up there and blatantly and explicitly
3: blame Drew Locke and not himself for the offensive shortcomings? Mm-hmm. Well said. Mark Langley, one of our longtime superstars. Bonafide MHH Mount Rushmore guy. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, my guys in Broncos country? And, oh, hey, John. Hashtag, uh, hashtag huddle up pot. Hashtag football priest. Have, has anybody seen the movie? It's kind of obscure. Uh, from a couple years back, it had James Franco in it called The Disaster Artist. If you have seen it, you'll get what I'm about to say here. Oh, hey, John. that's This show, there's this line that the that Franco's character – reads or says or whatever that it sounds just like that, but you got to see the movie to, to get the comedic, uh you know, value of it. But Mark, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. And then we got Zeus wow. Zach, from the top rope showing some big love and some big generosity on super chat. Wow. We Thank love, you. Hey, you know what? Before I forget, I thought about this last night and then it was fleeting. It came in, it came out Stu, We got to get you back on the show. My friend, I don't know what you've got cooking in the next, you know, six weeks, let's say, but if you have some time in uh, toward the end of March, or we could even try and uh, make it happen sooner, but we have the next few Wednesdays booked up. But we could always make an extra, an extra exception in a in a week to get Stu on the show. But it's been a while since we had Stu and been able to catch up with him and see how he's doing. And it predated Zach' his move from the Pacific Northwest to Texas. So Stu, either uh, reach out to me. On Twitter or uh, shoot me an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's organize or arrange a time to get you on the show. Love you, bro.
4: And I feel like it's been a while since I said this. Zeus. Zeus. Thank you you so much, Stu. It's amazing. Unbelievable. We have some plans, Chad, for our superstars, our, you know, the Mount Rushmores. And, Stu, you are very first in line. So stay tuned for that. But thank you so much. And I hope you're having a great day.
3: The Zeus is loose. All right. Also, shout out to Eddie over there on Facebook. Good to see you, my friend. Ed Keating, you guys can remember him. He's He started watching the show, at least as far as I can remember, on YouTube. And then he kind of and became a superstar, very supportive of the show. We owe him a lot for how how successful our show was last year. And then he's been kind of kicking it more on Facebook lately. But we see you. Appreciate you, Eddie. Good to see you, my friend. Um, also, I didn't get a chance. I know Zach barely mentioned it as we were about to, to head out last night. But shout out to Dylan, who is been very helpful in the chat lately. And, you know, he's been a superstar for a long time, but we really appreciate what you're doing for us, Mike. Uh, he talks about, though, in this particular comment that the Von Miller and Kareem Jackson, the window, all right, for their options starts tomorrow. Now, I can't verify that. I don't know that for sure, but I trust Dylan. If he has a good beat on that, I'm going to trust that. What do you think is going to happen, Zach, as far as Vaughn is concerned? Because it starts tomorrow, the window doesn't mean right. there's a collision coming, but on man i guess i guess the team's got to wait to see what's going on with that criminal investigation exactly that will be the telltale of Vaughn's i i
4: believe at least his short-term future in denver if they want to keep him at his current contract if he's clear from that i think they'd have more willingness to but if he's if, if a bad update comes out or he's convicted or whatever is the next step for von miller which it seems unlikely i think the broncos would either look to renegotiate or maybe even move on but um Nothing's going to happen tomorrow on either front. This is going to be a process that takes at least a couple of weeks. They have to plan for the combine. They're still in their pre-draft process. George Payton's still trimming the fat of the roster. This is going to be an ongoing thing, but the window does open tomorrow, Chad, and that means the clock starts ticking as
3: well. Let's grab this one from Robert on YouTube. I know we have some super chats that are stacking up. We'll get to everyone tonight. Trust. Uh, Robert on YouTube says, who should the Broncos burn some money on in free agency? Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, in a perfect world, right? But he's probably not getting out of Dallas. So yeah. that being the case, I'm saying, look, run it back with Drew one more year and go pay some money, burn some money with Andy Dalton so that you have a competent, capable, experienced veteran failsafe in the true sense of the word. Not just a guy that you know can be a, a Jeff Driscoll, and help you get close to beating a quality opponent, like the Pittsburgh Steelers last last year in week two. But a a backup that could step in, whether it's because Drew gets hurt again, knock on wood, or if it's because Drew just fails and they have to bench him. Andy Dalton is a guy who's won a lot of games in the league, all right? His star kind of faded in Cincy, but he knows the game. He knows every team in the league, and he proved last year, especially down the stretch, it was a little rough for him early in Dallas, but down the stretch, Zach, you started flexing and putting up some volume there.
4: He, I mean, in week 16 against the Eagles, he had 377 yards and three passing touchdowns. I mean, I would take that performance any day of the week under center for the Broncos, but this is going to be kind of an unsexy answer, if that's even a word, but... I would blow the money on the Broncos own in-house guys first, and then maybe venture out of house. So that means signing Simmons. That means paying Shelby Harris and then venturing. If Levante David gets to the open market, like Kathy says there, I blow money on him, but there's really not a free agent that I'm going to write a blank check to out there like a Patrick Peterson, or I'd rather build this team up Chad, through the draft. You know, you can add a quarterback, you can add a cornerback, you can add maybe a defensive lineman, but I want the core pieces of this team and the nucleus to be built through the draft. And that's what I think George Payton will do.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come—a better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com/rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.
3: I was listening to a great uh, Tampa Bay Bucks podcast that's done by PewterReport.com. friend of mine, uh, John Ledyard, go back with quite a bit. He used to be one of the co-hosts on Locked On Draft. And he's over there now, covering Bucks. In fact, I know he moved to Florida to to take it on full time and do Bucks full time. And Zach, I was listening to them go through uh, with the uh, forget his name now. My apologies, but one of uh, PFF's resident cap guys, and he also does some work on over the cap with Jason Fitzgerald and those guys. This fellow was—they were going through each and every Tampa Bay free agent set to uh, you know hit the market, including Gronk, including Shaq Barrett, including by the way Black Knight. Good to see you, bro. Uh, And including uh, Levante, David, they think that there's enough there. in in the fact that Tom's coming back, that guys like Levante, they can go out and and definitely get more from another team than they're going to be able to get from Tampa. But the whole push right now is we want back to back. They want to win it all back to back. And that's probably what Brady's waiting for. He probably wants to be the first quarterback since Elway to win back to back, then retire. That's probably like his, you know, end game, but I digress. They think that lure, all right, which is a powerful one is going to bring back for sure. It's bringing back Gronk who already said he's coming back and he's going to sign with the bucks (laughs) literally gave away all of his leverage and just said, yeah, I'm coming (laughs) back, pay me, whatever. All right. Uh, But Levante, David, Shaq Barrett too. They're, they're sounding like, Hey, whatever it takes, you know, give us the money we, we deserve. But at the same time, if we got to, make a few exceptions financially to stay here and try and repeat, we're willing to do that. Well, they have a
4: lot of free agents as well, and some of them are going to hit the open market. Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. I believe what the Bucks want to do is, is retain the defensive nucleus of that team because make an argument all you want. That defense won them the title against Kansas City, and this is a situation where a, a player like Devontae David, who just won a title, he can get paid on a new contract and still stay in Tampa Bay, so it's the best of both worlds. It's have your cake and eat it too get a new contract, and be in contention for a title. I think they also have the franchise tag as well, Chad, if they want to devolve into that. I think they will find a way because I'm a firm believer the salary cap is a myth. You can finesse it. It's it's not, an, it's not a firm thing you have to live by. I believe the Buccaneers will get this done. As much as I want Levante David, I'm expecting him to stay in Tampa Bay because, like you said, Chad, the allure of Tom Brady, winning with him, and the only quarterback, to my knowledge, that will go back-to-back with two separate teams in two separate
3: conferences. Yeah, that's true. Another distinction for Father Tom. Amazing. All right. I'm gonna grab two supers, John, and then a Facebook. Just FYI, uh, Antonio and Smith Corota, and then Albert here. But Antonio, man, from the top rope, really appreciate oh, that thank you. that love and generosity, yes. my friend. And thank you. You've been with us now a long, long time, and you have been really consistent. And you're another guy that you know we should probably get on the show here in the near future. If that's something you want to do, reach out to us. Um, I don't think I know that. I don't think you're on Twitter. But if you are, reach out, connect with us. And if not, shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. And we'd love to get you on, my friend. Or at the very least, send you a football priest t-shirt or something as a thank you for all of your very generous support. He says, our football priests. And then, of course, some, some orange and blue. But Antonio, you the man. Thank you. Yeah, if you have a question,
4: Antonio, tonight, please let us know in the comments, and we will make it a point to get to it.
3: Smith Corona, another stud. I mean, it's just. We are so lucky to have the community that we do, and and Smith Corona, also cool to uh, have connected with you on Twitter a little while back, my friend. He says, what's up, buddies? Good to see you, bro. Thank you. Here's a question. we got to put Zach on the spot from Albert, one of our supporters <laughs> on Facebook. Hello, Zach. What are you going to talk about coming Sunday during Calverman's Corner? Looking forward to it again. Keep you in suspense, Albert.
4: That's all I will say. We, we have some ideas cooking. There's not, you know, there's not a ton going on right now in Broncos country in the news cycle, but we have some ideas, and uh, I will leave it at that. You have
3: to tune in Sunday to see. I promise you, though, you will not be let down. Not only that, but I can promise you there will be hot takes. but They, they will hold water. water. All right, trust. Black Knight, our friend Jeremy. By the way, Jeremy, if you ever want to come on the show as well, open invitation, my friend. Reach out. Let's make it happen. Um, he says, uh, chances on us getting Patrick Peterson, the former perennial All-Pro, perennial Pro Bowl corner, I think it would make our defense way better and give the younger corners a mentor. I agree on that. I think it, it would be in a perfect world. Who wouldn't want to land a Patrick Peterson? I, don't, I do think he's not the player that he once was, but that doesn't mean he still doesn't have value in a lot of different ways. It's just a matter at this point, Jeremy of like, well, who are you going to give the money to? You're going to give it to Justin Simmons. You're going to give it to Shelby. You're going to, you know, RFA tender Philip. Once you've done all that. All right. Tim Patrick, then you say, all right, what do we got left? Maybe we go out and get a Patrick Peterson. But Zach, you said something there uh, just a moment ago that is absolutely true. And this was something, the PFF guy, again, my apologies. If he ever hears this, I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. Uh, the cap guy though, uh, agreed to when John Ledyard, the host, said, you know, isn't the salary cap something that is fluid, right? Even when a cap is set, a limit, teams by way of structuring the deals can finagle and do things to, you know, basically always get under the cap one way or another. And the thing
4: is, you're also, I mean, you name the players for sure. Kareem Jackson's on the books as well, Chad. He's highly paid. You can't pay everyone in that secondary, and part of the reason why they got rid of Boye was to save money. They want to go younger there. They have Oja Moody on his rookie contract. They're probably going to take a cornerback at number 9 overall. He'll be on his rookie deal. They'll probably end up double-dipping in rounds one through three, so they'll have young players throughout the roster. Also, with Sang Bassey, Bryce Callahan could be the highest-paid cornerback on Denver's roster at $7 million. So Patrick Peterson is... Do you really want to make that move for, like Chad said, it's a Kareem Jackson part two. This is a guy who's in the twilight now, entering the twilight of his career. He can maybe moonlight at safety, but the Broncos don't need that, nor do I think Peterson wants that. He's going to be a guy who wants to win a title. He's done everything else, all pro, Pro Bowl, one of the best corners of this generation. He wants to win a title. It wouldn't happen in Denver, nor do I think the Broncos want to offer him that kind of money.
3: All right, Larry Vaughn, another one of our great, great superstars, and he's been with us a long time now. You know how uh, how important you are to us, my friend. Really appreciate you, and you're another guy. I mean, you've been with it for so long. You, have, you want to come on the show? Let us know. Reach out to me on Twitter, DM me. We'd be happy to have you on. Set up a time uh, because now is the time, right? We told you during the season. Once we get into the grind of the Denver Broncos news cycle from a week to week basis, when you got a game every Sunday, we don't have time to to really do that type of thing, the superstar segments. But we're in the off season now. We got the time, so. Larry, we'd love to have you on if you want to. He says, needing a corner, could we target Kevin King from Green Bay? And Kevin Mm -hmm. King, of course, just for those who aren't sure, he's a former second-round pick of the Packers out of uh, – where is he from? I think Washington, somewhere in the Pac-12. And he's coming off a solid year. I haven't looked exactly at his resume, Zach, but what are your thoughts? He
4: He's the one that got roasted in the playoff game, didn't he? Yeah. Against the Buccaneer. I, I really don't want that type of inconsistency in my secondary. Exactly. He was burnt toast against the Bucks. I, I don't want him. And he's probably going to draw like a Bryce Callahan level deal, seven, eight million bucks. No way, Jose. Pick up, you know, uh, a Mike Hilton, Mackenzie Alexander, but save those premium investments for the draft. You can use a number nine overall pick on Caleb Farley, and he's better than anyone you will find on the open market.
3: Here is what's interesting, though, all right? Maybe he did not have a good postseason, um, but look at this real quick. I just pulled him up on PFR. Last year in in Green Bay, he started 14 games, had 15 pass breakups. That's actually a pretty big number game, 15. Now, he only ended up with, whoa, and five picks. He had five picks, dude. Last year, zero this year. It just means he was getting
4: targeted relentlessly. He had 14
3: PBUs. Zero this year. Um. He had one fumble recover a force fumble and a fumble recovery, but he's got some he's got some I'm interested in especially you look up here at at his measurables. Uh, he's a six foot three corner. I like that length on the boundary, if you can get it. I just I have to study him a little bit more, Larry, before I could give you my full opinion on it. But I agree with Zach, there are some some red flags there.
4: I'd rather just bring back Devontae Bosby, you know, similar size, similar inconsistencies, but at least he knows the system. So I don't know. Not Casey. a big king guy.
3: This is true, man. You need the weed whacker. manscaped.com, code huddle. Promise you, man. It's it's legit. That nose hair. You hate point ear hair, nose hair. It's good. It's a. Wait, I'm not sure what. Oops, sorry, John. I'm not sure what. Sure, what Richie's talking about. Chad, are you saying that is why you have a new? Because you were manscaping the undercarriage. (laughs) Uh, No, no.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: Winner. mike evans in the house love this man all right you guys have seen him i think he still holds the record most appearances superstar appearances on the show one of our favorite profile picks. he's got the stadium in the background he's rocking the football priest t-shirt just brings the questions brings the support love you mike he says uh, will george payton prioritize locking down vaughn or signing shelby and a free agent corner That's a really good question. My friend, I honestly look, I think for the most part, Peyton has already made his decision on what, what he's going to do, but it still is contingent on the whole criminal investigation. All right. Because if you move on from Vaughn before that's resolved, Zach, you have a PR nightmare because if it gets, if it gets dismissed or no charges come of it and that's what I'm hoping to hear, knock on wood. Um, you know, that's a PR nightmare. He's an all time legendary Bronco, one of the most cherished Broncos, not just in recent canon, but all time. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So you got to tread carefully. And like we talked about on the podcast immediately following the Super Bowl, all right, that was a harsh reminder. That was a slap in the face that you need a pass rush. You want to contend with the Chiefs. Yeah, you got to fight fire with fire and get your offense rolling, but you got to have a rush. And I'm sorry, I like Malik Reed. I think he's a solid number three or four rush linebacker for a team. But he is a far cry, a far, far cry from even a circa 2019 Vaughn Miller. Vaughn is just a threat to destroy every single time. And if you make the right moves from left to right, you go from Vaughn to getting Shelby back. You got Draymond about to take another step. I do not expect Darrell Casey to be retained, but we'll see. And then you got Chubb hopefully taking that next quantum step forward next year, Zach, I mean, you could, in theory, have that kind of a front four, front five rush to to get to to Pat Mahomes. Yeah, and it's, it's
4: not just the linebackers, which what Tampa Bay showed, it's the entire front seven. It's the trenches as well. And what does Shelby Harris do? He disrupts the trenches, whether it's pass rushing or run defending. So I'm going to take the question in another direction. I think George Payton, like I mentioned earlier, is going to handle the in-house business first. It means the guys who are already on the team, early in the locker room. It means Vaughn's contract, his option. It means paying, hopefully, Shelby Harris, paying Justin Simmons, and then venturing out for a free agent cornerback, which I don't really think will be high up on his priority list. I think he's dead set, I I, want to believe, on going after that position at number 9 overall because he's guaranteed, for the most part, more than likely, to land either a Pat Sertan or a Caleb Farley, a blue-chip cornerback. So I think his first order of business is what he's doing now. He signed a guy. that It was just a, a flyer, but he released A.J. Boyer. He released the Futures guys. He's trimming the fat from the roster. And once he handles the in-house business first, then he will
3: explore what's outside of the Valley. All right, I got one here real quick, John. Where'd it go? Here it is. From Jesse on YouTube. Did y'all see Mahomes through his teammates uh, under no. the bus? Much ado about nothing at all. It was It was very casual the way he did it, like – it wasn't. It wasn't a guy standing up there trying to like trying to throw his dudes under the bus. Like I think it was just him telling the truth of the day. Right. And depending on how you want to spin it, you know, it makes him look not so great to his to his teammates. But I honestly don't think he was trying to be taking the blame off himself and blaming others. I think he's just like, yeah, my my receivers weren't where they usually are, and uh, the line we're letting guys through, and you know, and it's really been spun to the nth degree, because, you know, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. It's also,
4: you know, they play us. It's like some of the other things you see on Twitter and out there as well. They play a certain clip out of context. They play just that certain sentence of what he said and not everything else where He took responsibility, but if I'm him, I'm the best most talented quarterback on the planet with respect to Tom Brady talent wise, you know, upside wise, I'm running for my life every single snap. I'm hurried every single snap. Um, I played through concussion. I got the Chiefs here on my back. I'm playing through a foot injury. I have receivers dropping passes. He has to literally get parallel to the ground to complete balls. I mean, it's ridiculous. And playing on a bum foot and his line, I understand why they were beat up, but they were just uh, allowing rushers through. The defense fell apart. I don't blame him. People are emotional after big situations. People don't like hearing the truth. And all Pat Mahomes did was say the truth there. His line didn't let him down. He also let the Chiefs down, which he said this sentence later,
3: but you don't hear that, do you? Right. Christos on YouTube, appreciate you being with us, my friend. He says, how do we rebuild the secondary for a no-fly zone 2021? And, Zach, before you answer that, appreciate Kika giving us the thumbs up. There's there's the MHH challenge, as uh, Christos later said here. Give us the thumbs yeah. up, guys! Hit those thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up right now on YouTube. Seriously, you don't love us if you don't give us the likes. Like, we need that to help the show grow. But your thoughts? I mean, here. Let, let me. Let me. Let me tee this one up. All right. Yeah. You want to get the the nose the no fly zone back in full effect? First of all, that's never coming back. That was a time and a place and a thing that I mean, it's just like the Legion of Boom will never be a thing again. That's gone. That was a time and a place and a specific collection of guys. It's gone. All right. It officially ended when Chris Harris left. He was the last vestige of the true uh, no fly zone. And it was his brainchild, by the way. The whole name no fly zone. So here's my answer: to have that next great secondary, you either have to draft another elite safety that can do some robber stuff, can also do coverage, center field, you know, sideline to sideline, be a hitter. You need Kareem Jackson five years ago. That Kareem Jackson, and even the Kareem last year or uh, 2019. It might be Kareem because he's under contract, and as uh, we talked about already, the option is coming up. The Broncos have a decision to make on Kareem's third year, but he is under contract. You get Kareem. You got Bryce. There's your Chris Harris of the the new look, you know, no-fly zone, if you will. You need, though, two more. One has to be a legit, like, top upper echelon boundary corner. Michael O.J. Moody becomes that because Bradley Roby of 2014 – I should say that the the Bradley Roby of 2015 that was a contributor and a key guy of the no-fly zone wasn't that guy in 2014. 2015, he blossomed even more. Maybe Michael O.J. Moody could be that. But, Zach, I think you need two more additions, and you got to make the right decision on Kareem. Because, you know, look, I thought that Kareem was not as impactful last year, personally, but all of the advanced analytics guys and even Eric Trickle and I think Nick and Carl, those guys, they loved what Kareem did last year. I didn't see it the way they do, but you know, that's, that's the score.
4: Uh, first of all, I'm right there with you on Kareem Jackson. I thought he, he definitely fell off last year and he was too busy concussing his own players to make impact plays on the field and the, the, you know, on the back end there. But you're spot on, very well said. The only thing I will add to that, why the no-fly zone was so good for so long, and not to take anything away from them, but they had constant pressure on the quarterback. They didn't have to cover for five, six seconds at a time. If they did, they wouldn't be. it wouldn't have been as good as they were. They had a killer front seven. They were getting pressure not just from the outside linebackers, but inside linebackers like Danny Trevathan, uh, d- defensive tackles like Malik Jackson— the quarterbacks were having to get rid of the ball and they were locking down the defense, their defenders, their offensive players in coverage. So it was a perfect combination. That's what the Buccaneers proved in the Super Bowl against the chiefs. It's not just a secondary. It's not just a pass rush.
3: When you have both of those things in harmony, that's how you win championships. John, I need Simon, Levi, Edward, and Mohammed. If you can get those queued up while we handle Chris here, um, Well, I don't know where he went. Now I can't grab Chris. What What was Chris saying? Oh man, I missed it. That's all good. Uh, I can't go back to it. Jump. So let me see. What did Chris redo? Your question, dude. Put it back in the chat. What was it? Oh well, come back to us, okay, Uh, Simon. And by the way, the the way that works is at a certain point, the chat from what we can see on the admin side of things, like as the streamers, it gets to. I I want to say Zach. It's like a fifteen minute segment, and depending on uh, you know when I say segment, like. The chat goes like this, 15 minutes worth that we can scroll yeah. up and down and grab things from, and then at a certain point it rolls over and you can't you can't get, up. Oh, John, see, this is why we got John, right? This is why we got the producer. Here's this question that I wanted to get, because for some reason, Zach, this was fire, the whole Carson Wentz thing today on Twitter. There's no – everyone I've talked to, it's unfounded. There's no Wentz to Denver <sighs> at all. But Chris says, I can't believe all the rumors about these elite quarterbacks. How many do you think realistically will be on the move? Zach, no I don't money. think Russell's not going anywhere. Dak's not going anywhere. No. I still doubt that Deshaun's going anywhere. Your thoughts?
4: Carson Wentz, I think, is the only guy that's going to get traded among the bunch. And the, I don't know where this Denver uh, connection is coming from. All accounts suggest he, he has ties to Chicago and he has ties to Indianapolis. Probably going to be Chicago. I think they're negotiating a deal right now. Uh, different kind of packages. The Eagles want a first round plus for him. They want something comparable to what uh, the Lions gave up for Matt Stafford, which is way too much for Carson Wentz. I don't want him anywhere near Denver, Chad. He is damaged goods. He is not what the Broncos need. So it's not happening. I I don't see these, these quarterbacks. It's rumors right now. It's silly season. It's February 11th. Trust Chad and I when we tell you there's nothing else going on right now. So, Things might be more manufactured or packaged or just kind of heightened than usual. Take it with an industrial size
3: grain of salt. But listen, it's it's not I mean, we have fun with every single rumor that happens, like, but there has to be a little a little bit of a kernel of veracity to it, right? Just at least something. There's no not a kernel on Wednesday Denver. There's nothing out there, nothing. It was, I think it was a fan-created rumor on Twitter. Nothing. All right, there is teeth to the whole Watson thing. There was teeth to Stafford. So, for what it's worth. All right, Simon, thank you for your patience, my friend. One of our great listeners up there, north of the 49th parallel, it proves Broncos country is not a geographic location, all right? It's a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are. Simon, appreciate you, man. Hello, gents. Should the Broncos have cut Bouye so soon? If the draft goes poorly for cornerbacks – we may be looking in free agency. Better the devil you know in that case. Question mark. Love what you guys are doing. Thank you, Simon. I get what you're saying, the, the devil you know, because you know, that's that's a that's a true thing. That the cliches become cliches for a reason. But in this case, the Bronx dude, AJ was a shell of I mean, if let's say you look at his peak seasons, all right, which were actually 2016, his final year in Houston, and 2017, his first year in Jacksonville, which he earned a Pro Bowl berth, at six picks. Those two years, the guy he was last year, a shell of that guy. I mean, a shell. Now, granted, he had some bad luck with the injury bug, the first the shoulder, then the concussion, but the injury, uh, or excuse me, the uh, suspension was the icing on the cake. The Broncos could not countenance, saying, hey, we're not, we're not planning our defense for 2021, knowing our number one corner is going to be suspended. Like, we can't roll right. with that. Plus, look, the player he was last year, Zach, let's be frank, not worth 12 13, 14 million that he would have cost on the cap this year so it was the correct move i don't regret no. uh, or doubt i have no misgivings on that at all but it does the 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 flip side to that is it does just simply make the cornerback holes all right all the more pronounced but i think most broncos fans and broncos media they
4: went into the offseason knowing that aj Boullier was not part of the broncos future plans some people forget the fact his suspension's not over. He has two more games left to serve. So you're going to keep him on for 14 games at, at, at most and paying him, what, 12 million bucks for below average play? He was never going to be the cornerback that he was. We were all loving the trade because the Broncos flipped it for a, a fourth round pick. It was peanuts for him. It was worth the gamble, but it was a one-year flyer. Happens all the time. It was always a hole, and I think that hole didn't get any bigger, Chad. It was always big. AJ Boye was just the first domino
3: that had to fall before you start filling it. All right, Levi, bona fide superstar. Another guy, Levi. If you're interested in coming on the show, reach out to me or Zach, and we'll set it up. All right, we'd love to have you on if that's something you're interested in. And by the way, when we when we make that offer, all right, don't feel obligated. We understand that um, you know, for some people, it's very daunting or intimidating. Notion to come on a live podcast or a live broadcast where you know the lights are on you, you got your microphone. Some people kind of clam up. We totally get that, so don't feel obligated. All right, we definitely ask anyone that's been on the show. We it's it's not as 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 daunting as someone might think. All right, trust on that. But we understand if you don't want to, so don't think it's an obligation. But Levi, if you want to come on, reach out. He says, "Am I the only one that feels like Pat Shermer does not like Drew?" Lock, Zach, it's kind of weird because when Shermer first landed here, I made a few calls, I checked with a few people. Word on the street was, all right, from two people I talked to that were close to the whole situation in, in New York. Shermer liked Locke. Gettleman liked um, Daniel Jones. And the GM, of course, wielded the most power in that hierarchy, and so the pick was Daniel Jones. But it didn't really feel like he was in love with Locke last year to me. How about you? Uh, Pat
4: Shermer didn't like a lot of things last year. He didn't like jet sweeps. He didn't like play action. He didn't like using Noah Fant. He didn't like using K.J. Hamler. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think it's he has something personal against Drew Locke. I don't think he's purposely tanking Locke's progress. I think Pat Shermer does not match up with the skill sets of Locke, nor of the the. Where the league is going now, he he calls plays from a 2006 standpoint when it's 2021 now. That is Pat Shermer's biggest problem, and that's why Scangarello jived with Drew Locke so well. It's not about experience, Chad. He was a first-year coordinator, but he went four and one under Scangarello, and Scangarello in one game was more creative than Pat Shermer the entire season. You either have it or you don't. And that's why I'm saying the NFL is a young man's business. And the sooner the Broncos get an offensive play caller that's younger and more in tune with the quarterback,
3: the better off they will be. It's 2021 gang. And the, the offense Pat Shermer was, was running last year was stuck in 2005. All right. Edward Keating, man, there he is. There he is. You didn't have to do that dog, but we really appreciate it. Seriously. Thank you. It all adds up. Yeah. Um, You want to come on the show, reach out. We can set it up. You're a, an OG superstar. So love you, bro. He says, What's up, guys? Sorry I've been gone, but I'm back. If Locke balls out and the coaching staff is crap again, do you guys see a path where the Broncos keep Locke and get rid of the coaching staff? Glad to be back. Hashtag Deborah Broncos. Hmm. I love it, dude. Look, when a quarterback balls out, it comes out in the wash. And by that, I mean it reflect, it's reflected in the standings. Um, There are a few exceptions that prove that rule. Like, as an example, last year, Deshaun Watson statistically balled out, but he wasn't good enough to overcome all the other foibles and and problems and roster holes and coaching issues that that team had. But more often than not, when a quarterback, Zach, balls out, it means their team's winning, which means the coach doesn't end up being on the hot seat. So I can't really foresee a Drew does well, but but the team struggles scenario in which that question ends up being – um, you know, something we would strongly have to consider. I think if Drew does do well, the Broncos are going to do well. Vic will keep his job, and Locke will be the guy. It perfectly said, yeah. If Locke does well and the Broncos win, the Broncos
4: coaches are going to get the credit, just like as it should be, the Broncos coaches are getting the criticism for how uh, Locke underperformed last year. So, yeah, I don't see a scenario either. Everyone's tied
3: to the hip. It's Locke and Fangio or bust going forward. There he is, MHH male model. Everyone got introduced officially to Muhammad Badri, one of our freaking superstar MHH Mount Rushmore OGs. And here it is, man. There it is. He's showing us some love, some props. How's it going? It's going good, man. Hope things are going good on your end as well, my dog. And, uh, you know, we love you. It was great talking to you, by the way. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Mo. Uh, We got one from a new superstar. Whoop, go ahead, John. My bad. Uh, Rogue Theory appreciate that super chat my friend if we are not already connected on Twitter then like maybe you're following me and I'm not following you back or Zach or vice versa or maybe your handle on Twitter is different than what it is on YouTube either way what you know, reach out on Twitter and do one of these in our mentions so that we can connect follow back because we really appreciate you uh, showing some love here he says long time listener here just living the humble life on my end so cash is tight I feel you you guys are absolute gems with quality content. Thank you. Uh, that said, I follow on Facebook and Twitter. Roll with luck and build through the draft. Hey man, we're sharing a brain on that rogue theory. Appreciate you, dog. He's becoming my favorite already, Chad. I'm right there with you. Thank you. Um, I got one here from a Facebook, a great Facebooker, uh, Josh uh, Josh Trahill, Rogue theory. Don't forget to to sh- shout out connect on on Twitter. Uh, Josh, appreciate you, my friend. Has anyone in the Broncos' top brass been in contact with Vaughn? It's been quiet on that front. Maybe no news is good news. Um, I haven't heard a specific report, Zach. You have you of actual direct contact? But I'd be surprised if there hasn't been some kind of – like I'm sure George Payton picked up the phone right. and called all the key guys, but especially anyone whose future is in any way, shape, or form in doubt. Plus, it, it, they wouldn't really tell
4: him much because it's between Vaughn and the and the Parker Police Department. It's a criminal investigation. Even though he is Vaughn Miller's employer, there's only so much he can find out. I was nodding my head. Not that I've heard anything new, but no news, I think, is good news for Vaughn Miller. Remember the Tyree Kill? I'm not comparing it, but the Tyree Kill scenario, details would come out every single day. We've heard nothing about Vaughn Miller. Even though Tyree Kill was cleared, there was still way more smoke to that fire. There's been nothing... Uh, from Von Miller. The last update we got was his ex fiance coming out and saying there wasn't any physicality. So maybe situations are getting resolved. Maybe things
3: in the background are playing out. I happen to think, though, no news is good news. Agreed. Mark Knapp, appreciate you, my friend. He says, Why can't Will Parks play Kareem Jackson's spot? Let me tell you something. I think that if the Broncos just burnt that bridge, you know, if they were Julius Caesar crossing the Rubicon, and just burnt the bridge there's no going back with kareem and said we're moving forward with will as the strong safety with uh with justin simmons i think he could thrive because
2: of the connection not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at mattress firm can help you find the right bed at the right price unjunk your sleep in store or online at mattressfirm.com today
3: the coaching that he has with fangio and donatil they really dig his vibe they really dig his uh, comfortability and fit with their scheme and I think it could actually turn out well for the Broncos, but I'm not convinced that the Broncos brass are convinced of that. I still think that you know, for whatever it's worth, or for whatever reason, Parks gets short shrift with the with the Broncos um, personnel department. But Zach, it's new eye, new set of eyes on this. George Payton. Time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, I I happen to agree. I think the Broncos just view uh, Will
4: Parks as a number three safety, and they made that clear last year when they let him walk. And even though it's a new GM now, it's still the same coaching staff. It's still Donatel. It's still Fangio, and they still have final say in terms of uh, their personnel on their side of the ball. He's a great guy to have in the locker room. I just don't
3: think he's the long-term solution at safety. Joshua Scott, another newer name that uh, I don't recognize on Super Chat. So, Joshua, thank you, my friend. And welcome. Welcome. Stick around, connect on Twitter. He says, Drew Locke is the answer. Cortland Sutton and that offense is a sleeping giant. Have faith. I feel you on that. I'm not like head over heels telling everyone that Drew's going to become and, and fully take on the franchise quarterback mantle this year if he's given the chance. I. Wouldn't be surprised if that happens because I think he does have that in him. I do think there is a ceiling like that for Drew Locker potential. Um, but it's not for sure, right? He's got he still has a lot of kinks. That's not why I advocate for Drew to for the Broncos to run it back with Drew. Instead of going out and getting crazy and giving up the farm for Deshaun or going and using the number nine pick on a what's likely to be either a Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I think Ooh. you're is to run it back with Locke mostly because his potential Zach what he's shown the experience he's now gotten in the league and the time you have put into him you're uh, you you basically are faced right now with the distinct possibility of all that time and energy coaching development tutelage that has been put into Drew and the pain that you went through like most teams have to go through with a young quarterback you got to go through the lumps all right now's the time when most teams start getting a return on that investment they start Seeing the daylight, you know, at the end of the tunnel, the Broncos risk completely forsaking that as even an option if they turn the page now. Run it back one more year. You ran it back with Vic, run it back one more year with Drew. Yeah, and you know, he very well might not be
4: like the answer. He may very well burn out and he has no excuses in 21. You know, the, the coaching staff is staying the same, less injuries, no pandemic. If he's not the guy, he's not the guy, but at least let him prove that. At least give him a full year in normal circumstances or close to normal circumstances where he can sink or swim on his own. And if he's not the guy, we'll be on Front Street saying that but let him prove that instead of cutting it short prematurely and leaving the doubt in your mind forever what could have been. If he leaves the Broncos and goes on to the Niners, let's say, and has success, you're always going to torture yourself with what could have been, and that wouldn't be a good indictment on a first-year GM like George Payton.
3: Mike Kliss said that that was a genuine fear the Denver Broncos had when they were in discussions with the Lions, and Locke's name came up, and they were pondering that. It was a genuine fear that he could leave the, the the Broncos cocoon and go have success somewhere else. He why? would to. You got to ask yourself, why is that even a, a question? Uh, why is it a fear? Because if you fear that, then the implication, Zach, is you believe that he can be successful. And if, right. if you believe that, give him what he needs to do that in Denver. Because, look, The offseason is probably not going to return in the same traditional form that it's always been. I mean, I'm just saying like it is. But even if there is no OTAs again this year, Zach, and even if there is no preseason, at least Drew would have the benefit, and it's a big one, of not having to learn a new scheme. It would be the same scheme two years in a row, which just that factor alone, I think, is reason to expect that he could take a step forward.
4: Yeah, and and if he again, if he doesn't, then he doesn't. But at least let the Broncos let the situation play out. And what's the old cliche for any you know draft prospect or especially quarterbacks? Year three is always the 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 season where they take that next jump, that leap. If he doesn't do it this year, it's probably not
3: going to come in Denver. But at least let him show he can or cannot do it. All right, we got a good question here from Todd, who always brings good questions on YouTube. And this is a, an interesting one and it's actually kind of a precursor, kind of a you know a uh, preview of what the Dove Valley Deep Diver show from what I've been told is going to be like tomorrow night, Friday night And that is kind of a would you rather for the superstars So the superstars can, can put, pose questions like this to Eric and Lance and they will answer all right so this is what you can look forward to if you have these type of draft questions, make sure you tune into DVDD tomorrow night. Todd says, if quitty pay that's the michigan edge rusher is there at 9 and patrick sertan the alabama corner is left who would you select Depends. well yeah i mean i need to know who else is on the board but if if you're telling me those are my two options all right everyone else is off the board at suddenly for some inexplicable reason at 9 i'm going sertan there i'm i'm not a big fan of i think quitty pay has a has a place in the league i think he'll go on to be successful i think you need quitty pay Uh, In a different scheme. And Sertan, too. Like, I don't think Sertan's the greatest fit for Fangio, but I like him better as a fit than pay. Different positions, but also it's a position the Broncos need. I mean, Edge could end up becoming a bigger need than it is today, depending on what happens with Vaughn. But as it stands today, Zach, I'm rolling with Sertan there.
4: When I said it depends, I agree with you, but it also meant it depends. Is Vaughn on the roster? Is Shelby Harris on the roster? If they're both in tow, I'm not taking an edge rusher. I have way bigger fists to fry. I'm taking Pat Sertan. And pretty much, even if they lose one of uh, Shelby Harris or Von Miller, I'm still taking Sertan. You need more cornerbacks than you need edge rushers right now. It's a bad situation right now.
3: Rello takeover has just been so consistent and... My only regret, my friend, is I can never tag you on Twitter. I don't know what your Twitter account is if you have one. So connect with us, my friend, and uh, keep it coming. You're becoming a bona fide superstar, so thank you. He says, what about getting an offensive tackle in free agency for Drew? So, Zach, you have – and by the way, heed this call from Dylan. Guys, we got – on YouTube alone right now, we have uh, over 300 live with us now just on YouTube. That doesn't count all the additional hundreds on Facebook, so – Guys, get get those likes in. It really helps us. Seriously, get those likes in. But back to uh, Rello here. The Broncos solved left tackle. At least it appears to be that way, knock on wood, with Garrett Bowles. Juwan James, they're on the hook this year unless he chooses not to play football again, which I'm not going to be surprised one bit if something like that happens. Unless that happens, though, you've got left and right, at least your starters penciled in, but you still need depth because Elijah's going to bounce, or we'll see. He's a free agent. And for whatever reason, they weren't feeling Dotson, even though he played well. You know, he didn't relinquish a single sack in, what was it, Zach seven starts, something like that. Not a single sack. And they benched him again for Eli. So, I don't know. Offensive tackle, I'd have to take a harder look at what the class looks like in free agency.
4: Right, exactly. I was on over the cap for a second. I couldn't get to the uh, the available tackles. I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to re-sign Elijah Wilkinson. There's someone in that building, Chad, that just really loves the guy, whether it's Munchak, Fangio, I don't know who. Um, there's someone that loves Wilkinson. I would not be surprised if he gets a one, two-year contract, some guaranteed money to make him the permanent backup behind Juwan James. And That is terrifying to me, having Juwan James number one and Elijah Wilkinson number two. It depends who's out there. I don't think they're going to break the bank on a tackle because they're paying – they paid Garrett Bowles. They're paying Juwan James so much. There might be a situation that you address through the draft like every other position, but it's definitely um, a need. It's not number one, but it's on the – I think the top five
3: for sure. This is something that we have been saying on this show for a while. Like last year the Broncos not only doubled up, but they tripled up on wide receivers in the draft. But they should do the same thing this year, but with corners – Go corner first, second, or at least gra- draft at least two corners that are starting caliber, meaning corners yep. that you believe have a realistic chance of being starting starter ready by September. If you get your ducks in a row as a coaching staff and you know get them through the learning curve, I'm all about that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it shakes out that way, though.
4: Yeah, I, I, I would probably end up taking two cornerbacks within the first three rounds. And this is also why, don't be surprised if Peyton trades down from number 9 and stockpiles more of those draft picks to take more cornerbacks or take an edge rusher or take an inside linebacker. He's going to build the
3: majority and the nucleus of this team through the draft. So that's where it's going to happen. Our friend Meek, one of the superstars, saying he's having some trouble doing a super on YouTube, wants to know if we use the Cash App. We don't do – I don't even know. I know what the Cash App is, but I've never even tried to use it or whatever. Don't worry about it. Get a question in. We'll we'll take care of you, and, and you can figure out the YouTube problem uh, at another time, my friend. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, let me see here. Mr. Castillo in the house, another superstar, very consistent. Every week we hear from Mr. Castillo. Appreciate you, dog. What if they cut Vaughn and get Shaq back? What if – I don't know. That's not the what if, Um, you know – equation I would be I would say what if they cut Vaughn could they get Shaq back no I don't think he's leaving Tampa Bay I don't think the Bucks are going to let him leave Tampa Bay but why would you want Shaq back in Denver I'm not saying that to be uh dismissive of it because I I would love to have Shaq back but you've been there done that in Denver as a rotational guy he couldn't over he couldn't and he was given many many opportunities Zach to to be the starter and take control of I'm the guy opposite Vaughn before long before Bradley came around. All right, he couldn't seize the day. I just don't see it happening uh, on more than w- multiple fronts. The, he's going to come if if the Bucks let him leave, he's going to command like Vaughn Miller contract circa 2016. He ain't worth that, dude. I'm sorry, I like Shaq, but he's not worth that. I don't see either scenario. I don't see Vaughn
4: getting cut, and I don't see Shaquille Barrett leaving Tampa Bay. If they had a choice between between keeping Shaquille Barrett and keeping Levante David, they're going to keep Shaq all day. An edge rusher is infinitely more important than an inside linebacker. I, I don't see it materializing. I wish him well in Tampa Bay, but our reunion in Denver is just very uh, far fetched as far as we concerned. I want to show
3: you guys something real quick here, all right? Because sometimes memories get foggy, and you've got the. Uh, phenomenon of recency bias okay let's just take a look here all right Shaq enters the league as an undrafted rookie with the Broncos college free agent from uh, CSU 2014 2015 is when he he really cracks the the roster by the sweat of his brow 2014 he was a practice squad guy that got bumped up to the to the roster at the end of the year didn't see any action 2015 he made the 53 out of camp Went on to start six games because you had Shane Ray also get hurt that year, and then DeMarcus Ware got hurt, appeared in all 16, helped the Broncos as that rotation. I mean, you had Vaughn and Ware off the edge, and then two guys, even Shane Ray at the time, you know, legit backups. All right, Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett. Then 2016 is the last hurrah of Demarcus Ware, who he gets injured quite a bit. And that was the year that Shane popped. That was Shane Ray's career year. He ended up with eight sacks that year. And if you guys can remember that big game on the road in Cincy where Trevor Simeon went crazy with the four touchdowns and had his freaking coming out party. Well, Shane Ray also had three sacks in that game on Andrew Whitworth. All right. Then, though, in 2017, Shane gets the the wrist, right? And Shaq ends up, this is pre Bradley because Bradley doesn't come till the next year. Shaq gets. Nine swings at the plate, starting opposite of Von Miller. How did it shake out? Let's look. Four sacks. Nothing to, nothing to you know, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye, but four sacks and nine starts, all right? Not enough to convince the Broncos that edge is not uh, an important enough need when a guy like Bradley Chubb falls to you. At five, they take Chubb. 2018, the writing's on the wall. He appears in 13 games but doesn't get any starts. How does it come out in the wash? Three sacks. So yeah, he has almost as good a statistical production in his final year in Denver without any starts as he did in nine starts in 2017. And then of course he goes on to ball out in Tampa in 2019, Zach, and be, be the NFL sack champ and you know, solid, solid season year two in Tampa. But it was his playoff performance through the you know, four sacks. I want to say he he had in the playoffs this year, and of course the Super Bowl. That's why he's gonna get paid, but I really don't think, guys, I'm sorry to tell you, I don't think he'd be worth that money, and it's going to cost Von Miller-type money if you want to actually push for for uh, Shaq Barrett.
4: Sometimes guys just need to change the scenery, and that was definitely the case for Shaquille Barrett. I have to excuse him a little bit, though, for 2017. That was VJ's first year. That team was a dumpster fire on all facets, all phases. I'm happy for him now, like I said. I was never expecting him to come back. He's going to stay in Tampa Bay, and... I'm happy he won a ring. He deserves it. He was phenomenal
3: the last couple seasons. All right, we're at the one hour. We're over the one hour mark, John. Really quick, but I want to get this question here. But let me just give you a quick update on the back end. I know you see what what um, what I'm seeing here, but let me just for yours and our sake. Let me just take a quick look. We've got um, we got Josh, Larry again, Adon, Tyler, James, Rogue, Larry again, Pete. And then we're, con- we're caught up and we can bounce. But real quick, uh, we got a rapid fire from here, gang. So, Zach, real quick for Clifton on YouTube. What's going to happen with Demarcus Walker, who's now an unrestricted free agent?
4: Well, you can look at the Isaiah Mack signing as a possible indication the Broncos aren't going to bring him back. If they're already signing an out-of-house defensive lineman, they're probably going to cut Terrell Casey. They have to invest in Shelby Harris. I would, as much as I want Demarcus Walker to come back, I would be surprised if the Broncos made him an offer out of the gates. If he's still on the open market after three, four weeks, they can make him a, a prove it deal type offer. They can get it back cheap. I would not be surprised, though, if he leaves the Broncos this offseason
3: and goes on to have some success somewhere else. Yes. yes. I like him. I like him. He- like a Shaquille Barrett, perhaps. Maybe yes. not to that level, but, you know. Yes. Yep. Josh B., a newer name on Super Chat, welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter, my friend. Keep it coming. says, I'm a big believer in Drew. What do you guys want to see Locke do in year three in addition to improving stats? And what do you like about Locke the most? Really good question, my friend. And then, by the way, John, real quick, I want to grab this one from Kenneth, uh, and then uh, we'll get to the remaining Supers. What do I want to see from Drew? If the Broncos do run it back with Drew, I want to see Drew, just like Dalton said, be the assertive QB1. I'm the frickin' man. What I say goes, Jerry, you're John on Twitter. You're not getting any balls this week. Sorry, Doc. You know, fall in line. Get behind us. This is what we're doing. You don't like it. You're not getting the ball. Um, Just And I'm not saying, like, you know, that's what he should do, but just that mindset, right, where this is my team, dude. This is my offense. My career's on the line here as the guy. Fall in line or hit the bricks. And then not only that, but, like, you know, take that swagger that everyone responded to in that locker room in 2019 and what they loved about it him in 2020, even though he had a harder time kind of selling the swagger because the results weren't coming out in the wash. Nevertheless, you got to somehow convert that swagger to your leadership style and rallying your dudes and getting them to to battle and bleed for you. I think you can do it. Dalton Reisner said he needs to take a step forward as a QB one and be a leader in that sense. I agree with that. And then the other thing, Zach, is throw stats out of it clean up that footwork, dog. If you don't clean up the footwork, Drew, you're going to burn out of the league. That's the bottom line. And you have the talent to be the man. You have the talent to be a stud in this league, but where's the discipline, right? Where's the awareness of, you know, I got to mind my my platform. I got to mind my uh, drop back, my footwork. In order to have consistent results, you got to have a consistent, um, you know, base, let's just say. So I want to see that technical, the footwork especially, improve. And I think everything else will, if that does.
4: Absolutely agreed. And I, w- I want to also uh say to take care of the football, you know, not to give away, not to fumble, not to make errant throws, not to commit interceptions, just take care. I'm not saying be Alex Smith, be a game manager, but just be a little more cognizant of where you are on the field, where the players are on the field, where your targets are. And finally, what do I want to see from Drew Locke over more than anything else, Chad, stats, whatever, winning. I want to see Locke win. I want to see the Broncos win. That is the only thing that matters. Not touchdown passes or QBR or any analytic. Winning. Winning is the bottom line in the NFL, and that's what I want to see from the Broncos
3: and Locke. All right, John. For what it's worth, James Moss at 716 is my next closest one. And so Tripping. I don't know what they're thinking, Kenneth. Uh, I
4: think yeah. it was, uh, he's a free agent, so they technically didn't want to have him in the video, but its he's your best player. It was a 30 second clip. Why not have him in there? I, I want to believe it was an honest omission, but nothing surprises me at all about Jerry Jones of the Cowboys.
3: They operate on a level that no other team operates at. For those listening after the fact, Kenneth's asking Zach, what's up with the Cowboys leaving Dak out of their hype video? So interesting, interesting stuff. We'll see. We'll see how that resolves. All right, I'm going to grab James. Uh, appreciate you, James. He says, "I don't want to." And it's good to see you again, by the way, my friend. He says, "I don't want to give up everything for one guy." How many teams traded their future and won't and won the Super Bowl the next year? Build, build, build. It's it's never happened. You've had you have seen teams move mountains to to land that quarterback in the draft, or I mean, Jay Cutler is the closest thing approximating a Deshaun Watson type trade, but it's still not an apples to apples comparison. But You've seen teams like the Philadelphia Eagles give up the farm, move up, uh, draft Carson Wentz at number two. They had some success for a couple of years, won the Super Bowl. He contributed to that, even though he wasn't the quarterback in the playoffs or down stretch. He put him in position to to basically have Nick Foles be able to take over and lead the team through the playoffs and win it all. But then it, it disappeared because he turned out not to be the guy the team thought he was. Look at the Redskins or excuse me, the Washington football team, right? Uh, with with RG canceled <laughs> in, in 22, all right? Or 2012, excuse me. They move up, they, they sell the farm to get RG3. He has a sensational rookie year, wins the power struggle with his head coach. Mike Shanahan gets fired by Snyder and RG3 does one of these, right? Who's another example? Um, I digress. Nevertheless, it just doesn't, it might give you a very short-lived, uh flash-in-the-pan type of success, but we've not seen a team move that kind of a mountain and it come out in the watch. The closest thing is the Eagles, but you can't fully give the credit to Wentz because he wasn't the guy in the playoffs. And this
4: is what I've been saying. This is why... I've been predicting, at least from the uh, the onset of the rumors, a Deshaun Watson blockbuster trade is not going to materialize. It just doesn't happen in this sport. It's more of an NBA-type trade where you see player-for-player player or these big blockbuster multi-team swaps. It that doesn't happen in the NFL. And even when veteran quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks, change t- teams in free agency, like Phillip Rivers, did he win it all? No, he made them a better team but you have a very, like Chad said, a very short window. If you give up the farm, if you mortgage the future, you have two to three years most to win a title. If you don't, you're right back into rebuilding and with a disgruntled,
3: overpaid quarterback on top of everything else. All right, we got a question here from Larry. It kind of cuts off, so I'll read it. Oh, never mind, John's got it. Here we go. Uh, Larry and then um, don if you, if you can grab it, John. Um, appreciate you, Larry. He says, if we move on from Vaughn, which I hope we don't, could we try to get Yannick Ngakwe or Olivier Vernon on a short deal? Got to have pressure off the edge. Yeah, I think that's something you could look at. But the problem is we'll see how the salary cap ends up affecting things. But either one of those guys is going to cost some bank, dude. Even if it's a short-term deal, you're going to have to pony up to land even one of those two guys. And they're several tiers below you know, a Vaughn. They're at least a couple of tiers below, in my opinion, a Shaq Barrett but it would still come at a pretty penny. But it doesn't mean you don't try and find a impact day one starting caliber edge guy to, to compliment Chubb because if Vaughn's gone, you can't rely on, on Malik. I'm sorry. I don't see it. Even like Shaq Barrett, I would have been much more high on the idea of uh, you moved on from, from, let's say you cut DeMarcus Ware. That's not how it shook out, and there was no Shane Ray. I would have been at the time much more high on the prospect of giving Shaq a year to see if he could be the guy opposite of Vaughn than I would right now, saying plan a whole uh, season with Malik Reid as your compliment to Bradley Chubb. You know, full disclosure,
4: I didn't realize that Olivier Vernon's still in the NFL. I thought uh, he's been out for at least a few years now. In terms of Ngakwe, great in Jacksonville, you have to remember George Payton acquired him in Minnesota this past season and then traded him away to Baltimore. So we don't know how he feels about Ngakwe. He might be too expensive. If that were to happen, if Vaughn were to move on, they would do the same. In my opinion, the same thing they're going to do at cornerback, maybe sign a mid tier free agent and use a premium draft pick to fill that need. It's going
3: to be mostly through the draft guys. Don't expect a ton of splash moves next month. Our friend Adon, a six foot 10 Mexican on YouTube and one of the co-hosts of the uh, mile high round table podcast with Mundungus and, and Christy and, they're over there. We're like, that's another another example of Zach and I film like Proud Papas, you know, in a in a weird way to see you guys go on and do your pod. It's been great to see that. So congrats. Uh Adon says, Do you do you guys feel that Pat Shermer failed Philip Lindsay or vice versa? Love the show, fellas. Hashtag MHH. Appreciate you, Adon. Uh yeah, he definitely failed Philip Lindsay. All right. And Lindsay spelled it out uh on Monday. And that, you know, I can't be the guy that you just give the rock up the middle inside zone carry after carry after carry, like I'll do that. And he does pride himself on that. He got that from his father. His father owned all the high school, the high school he went to both him and his dad, you know, his dad owned all the rushing records and he prided himself as a running back, Papa Lindsay of being able as a, as an undersized guy, he's, he's shorter too, being able to run inside and have that tough nosed ability to grind and, and pick up those yards. Philip prides himself on it as well, but it's not his forte. And yet, Pat Shermer could not recognize that you need him on the perimeter. I don't care if it's a toss left, toss right, sweep left, sweep right, Mm -hmm. uh, trap to the left, trap to the right. You got to get him out on the perimeter in a moving situation with some blockers and you'll see the magic happen.
4: A billion percent. I don't see any scenario where Philip Lindsay failed Pat Shermer. Like Philip Lindsay said, you can't catch the ball if you don't get the ball thrown to you. You you can make the argument that Melvin Gordon failed Pat Shermer. He fumbled the ball quite a few times. But what did Philip Lindsay do? When he got his chances, for the most part, he made yardage. He made plays. He made things happen. So he needs more of those opportunities. But when you run him like he's a two-down thumper, what do you expect? Get him to the outside. Get him to space. Get the ball in his hands with room, and let him do what he does best, and that's break games wide open. One billion percent. Pat Shermer failed. Philip Lindsay, like
3: he failed Drew Locke. Tyler, also appreciate that super chat, my friend. Connect with us on Twitter, okay? We got to rush through this though a little bit here. We're getting way way long. So Tyler says all the all this talk about elite quarterbacks um, made that one out. All right, all these talk about elite quarterbacks that want out when they took massive guaranteed money. That makes it so hard to keep young talent or sign vets. Yeah, I mean, it does. I, I get what you're saying there. And especially in the case of Deshaun Watson, like if he sits out this year, Zach, I mean, at he's any point, this year. he's going to be giving up. He's going to be paying through the nose to sit on his couch.
4: No way. He sits out the entire year, you know, by hook or by crook. Uh, he's going to play. But it doesn't just prevent a team from. Uh, retaining guys, it prevents the team from adding guys because when you give up the farm, you're giving up three first-round picks, second-round picks, third-round picks, and that is gold for a GM like George Payton who, once again,
3: built through the draft. Rogue Theory again. Wow, thanks, my friend. Appreciate you. He says his Twitter handle is at the forward five. All right, I'll, I'll find you tonight. He says, um Drew might not be an Elway, uh, much less a, a Jake Plummer. We just need to make the post, uh, post uh, season. Oh, postseason. Hello. See, I need Zach. He can interpret for me and get back to Mr. Bowen's standard of winning. Trust in Drew. Yeah, he might not be Elway, right? But I don't know. I think he could be as good as, if not better than, Jake Plummer if if the if the stars align. All right, Drew Lot.
4: You put Jake Plummer on this team, Chad. With this
3: defense in a normal year, I'll, I'll take my chances. I really will. All right. Let me see where we're at. We got one more from Larry. Appreciate you, my dog. He says, How much would it cost to buy out James? Um, well, let's take a quick Too call. much dead
4: money. He's he's on the roster for this season. Him and Glasgow are pretty much locked into uh, roster spots.
3: Yeah, Juwan James, just real quick uh, 2021 hits uh, 19 million in dead money. All right. Uh, so that means it's money that he's already been paid if you cut him. His cap number is 13 million this year, it's a $10 million base. Uh so and it's all guaranteed that 10 million. So FYI. thanks Mike Sullivan. Appreciate yeah. you. Uh Pete Parker Superman or Superman Spider-Man in the house. <laughs> Appreciate you dog. He says if our beloved Broncos miss the playoffs next year, who do you think is the best candidate? The enemy bowls more. Thanks Chad, Zach, and Beast. Appreciate you Peter. Um I'm I'm leaning you got to go back offense. 3 of the yes. four head coaches uh under the Elway, you know regime or defensive guys. Kubiak was the only one that wasn't, and they won a freaking Super Bowl. So if Fangio ends up flaming out, and I think there's a solid chance that's going to happen, I'm all about that offensive guy. bien Dayball, uh, we'll see who else kind of comes out of the woodwork between now and then, but those are the two guys on on front of brain for me.
4: Yeah. Kellen Moore, um, Shane Waldron, who's now, I believe in Seattle, you have Greg Roman in Baltimore. The next head coach absolutely should be offense and the younger, the better. I want a creative mind calling the
3: plays and leading this team. Uh, Kika says Chad and Zach first round, Kayla Farley, second round, Richie Grant, third round, Dylan Raddins. Would you be happy like me? Yes. Well, we could live with that. We'd be stoked. Richie Grant's a freaking animal. Yes. Uh, Dennis Woods, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Total superstar. Long-time listener. Dennis, you ever want to come on the show, reach out. We'll, we'll set up a time. Uh, but we do have to hurry, so apologies here. He says, say we get Sertan at pick nine and Caleb Farley is also available one or two picks later. Would you consider moving up to get Farley or would that be too uh, expensive, I, I mean, it probably would be too expensive. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to add up the point system, and, but I'm it's too far in. I just don't think that's feasible for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think what you'd more likely see, Dennis, is if you take a, whether it's a Sertan or a Farley at pick nine, Zach, I think the Broncos, if if they still want to double up, like we've been talking about on this show and do a Judy Hamler, but on the cornerback position, yeah. just wait till round two and take one of those guys. And there's a chance you might get like a JC Horn could end up slipping into round two and you could get lucky right. and move up two or three spots in the second round to to get a guy like that.
4: Yeah, that would be a little too much, I think, a little too over the top. They have other positions they have to fill on defense and offense. It's going to be one or the other, one blue chipper or the other. I want Caleb Farley, but I would not cry if it's
3: Pat Sertan at number 9. All right, there was Dennis. All right, so I got, I think, three or four more. Mr. Ranch. good to see you, my friend. Really Thank appreciate you. the super, yep. my dog. Um, All right, let me see here. We're almost out of time, so we got to blast through and get Chris. Good to see you, my friend. He says, I've been sick, but I'm back. I hope it's not uh, CV, my friend, and if so, just glad that you're back and and on your feet. Appreciate you. Good to see you, definitely. Hope you're Uh, feeling good. Here he is again. Appreciate you, Doc. Philip Lindsay is the heart and soul of this team. Agreed. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. He is that spark, man. Um, Whoops. Norman Hall, good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out after the show. Do you see the Broncos? Okay, what's that, John? Uh, do you guys do you see the Broncos making a splash move in free agency at any position? PS, love the show. Um, a splash move, hmm. quarterback. Definitely Meaning like a like a veteran Dalton,
4: you know Fitzpatrick type. That's the only. It's really the only splash I can see, Chad. Honestly,
3: same here. I mean, maybe maybe depending on how cap casualty situation. Steve, thanks for the stars, bro. You how the cap casualty stuff works out. Like if they do move on from Casey and you free up another 12 million bucks there, if things don't work out with Vaughn and they do part from Vaughn, suddenly you're playing with a pretty serious amount of cap space. And I could maybe see in a scenario like that, they do spend on another edge guy or they do spend on a Patrick Peterson, but you know, we just don't know yet until those cap casualty dominoes fall.
4: I think you should expect mostly like mid-tier, second-tier signings and the bulk
3: of Peyton's roster building in in year one to be through the draft in April. Uh, Blue Ross says, I feel like we need more draft picks. Thanks for the super. Yeah, we know uh, in in Peyton's case, he's a guy that likes to stockpile. Uh, Zach, the phrase I've heard you say a few times is as many darts as he can throw at the board. He wants to stack up those darts. And I think that's the mantra you'll see. That's why another reason why I just don't see it being feasible to fit his kind of mo, to go give up four, five, six, seven, eight draft picks to land Deshaun Watson, it, it just goes against his fiber as a as a you know a GM, and I think as a person, it's just
4: not what he operates on.
3: Rocco four twenty, it was great. Uh, great to connect with you on Twitter, my friend. Appreciate you, dog. Uh, good to see you. hashtag mhh hashtag Go Broncos and i think we are current so yes we are so guys thank you so much for spending some time with us here today seriously shout out to each and every one of you for checking in with us whether you were with us for the whole episode or a section of it or whatever tonight live we appreciate you to our listeners after the fact and there are many tens of thousands of you that are listening to this after the fact as an on demand podcast on apple on spotify iheart we love you we see you we appreciate you and in fact We've had some really, really um, glowing and, frankly, just reviews on, on Apple Podcasts that just bring a tear to our eye. And just real quick, Zach, before we get out of here, I know we're long, but I just want to shout out a few people who have taken the time on Apple Podcasts to review the, the show and give us the five stars. And by the way, if you are one of our listeners on Apple Podcasts and you haven't uh, given us a rating or a review please do so. The five-star review is always appreciated. And we like to do random giveaways to our reviewers on Apple podcasts, but here we have five-star legends from uh, confused and hopeless is the handle on, on Apple. But he says, you know, five-star and I'll just read a little bit of this, but he goes, I've only discovered the great MHH about four months ago, became active in the chat about two, but from the first episode, I was hooked. Really appreciate that, my friend. And uh, there's more. We got one here from I am bulldog 5 star." saying MHH is always the best. Go to the uh, go-to resource for all things Broncos. There's there's even more. Um, I tweeted out a, another one or two the other day, which included one of our great superstars, Glenn. Here we go. Uh, Glenn Hauser. love you, bro. Appreciate the five-star. Uh, we got Boggins, five-star in it. Love you, bro. Thank you, guys. We got kal L Jenkins, five-star in it. Love you, bro. Thank you. We, we got freaking CAF84, five-star in it. So, Appreciate you guys. It does help us a lot on the on the on demand download side of things. If you are listening there, go give us a review.
4: Yes, thank you. And uh, we look we read everyone too, chat. We take it to heart and anything, you know, you ever let us know what we can do better. We always want to be better, but we try to give you the best Broncos podcast in existence. And we think we accomplished that goal fairly well. So thank you
3: so much for your support. And uh, uh, let's keep the reviews coming in, I guess. All right, guys, we do have to go, so don't forget to go follow and like our Facebook page, the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. There's the the actual link. I put the direct link in the chat earlier. Click that or just open up the, the Facebook app, type in Huddle Up Pod. You'll find it. Connect on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod, at Mile High Huddle. Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad In Jensen. John, the producer, at John K. MHH, a.k.a. Buona Beast. And then last call here. Make sure between now and Sunday, you head on over to the Mile High Huddle Facebook page, click the big blue button, become a supporter, so you can get in on Kelberman's Corner Episode 6. And until then, thanks. Love you guys. Like the video. Thanks for another great week of podcasting. Shout out to the superstars. Shout out to Muhammad, who joined us on Wednesday. We look forward to next week's guest. It's going to be a gas. JT from Across the Pond is going to join us next Wednesday. So, uh, Zach, have a great weekend, bro, and sign us off. Yeah, you too. Everyone out there, have a great weekend. We will see you for Kelberman's Corner. That's
4: at noon Mountain Time on Sunday. Albert, I promise you it's worth your time. Everyone out there, it's worth your time. It's hot takes on hold water. It's, as Muhammad would say, the dragon going, doing dragon things. We'll be back on that night as well for the Huddle Up Pod. Have a great weekend. Take care. And until then, and as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.